Matt Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. I guess we're being asked to put in a full five days this week. Right? Jeez. We just, you know, we give and we give and we give, and they just keep taking. So the two-day work week, not good enough. I guess not. I guess not. You know, that incredible effort we put in last week. (laughs) Yeah. Just not enough. Not enough. Now they want five full days. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Whatever. I mean, I, I can't account for whether we're going to survive it by the end of the week. Oh, right. I, I mean, I <laughs> I can't conceive it. We're only promising quality through Tuesday of this week. 888 <laughs> Also, uh, at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, I think we're going to start at an unusual place because this leads us to... Um, Many other places. Let's start at last night's Golden Globe Awards. Pretty amazing. <laughs> Pretty, I mean, absolutely astounding. Are you a Ricky Gervais fan? I, I'm you know, pretty I'm, neutral. Me too. You know? I Yeah, I don't know his work all that well. I think he's funny. Sometimes when I've seen him on certain things, he seemed pretty good. I didn't realize this until I was reading some articles about his upcoming Golden Globes host uh, duties, and he's he's the creator. Of, I don't know where have I been. Uh-oh. He was the creator of Office. Yeah, the, the Office, Office, the Office the, in Britain. Yes, and then it was you know obviously imported here to the United States, and somebody else wrote it here. But I mean, it was like it's his baby. Yeah, he started that thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we do it better over here, by the way. I'm sure. <laughs> Just saying. although I will say, British television in general, British British broadcasting has improved. A thousandfold uh, since the 60s and 70s. It used to be an absolute <laughs> joke. It was so bad. But now they really line. they deliver quality mm-hmm. entertainment now. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> and he did last night for sure. It, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's seriously unbelievable. Ricky Gervais, in his opening monologue, you uh, if you if you didn't see it or you you haven't uh, had a clip of it or haven't heard about it, this will blow you away. Listen to this. Well, and watch if you are seeing it on Blaze TV. It would be helpful to listen um, if we had some audio from mm. it. So apparently, there's some problem with it. Mm. I don't know. Stand by. Standing. Well, actually, they've got a patch in sitting gotta, at this particular point. Yeah, they've got to uh, change the. Uh, the feed in there, you know, because over the weekend they have they have parties in that room. Do they? And uh, it gets a little crazy. I mean, that seems so like a things get uh, disconnected. Kind of a weird place to party. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But okay, <clears throat> uh, Ricky Gervais. Yes. So they're going to alert us, I guess. When, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. When it's time. I think there's an audio issue, obviously. And so we'll <laughs> you think that. so? Yeah. Hell, where'd you get that? Come on, you're going way out on a limb there. But no, it was it was good, and, and it's worth the wait because. Uh, it is worth the wait. The Hollywood I will say that. Made to squirm in their seats was absolutely worth the price. Quite of honestly, I don't know how he did it. I mean, you're there with uh, 95%, 98% of the people probably hating everything you're saying, mm-hmm. despising you for saying it, yeah. and you're saying it anyway. And some of the fun stuff when they were uh, talking about some of the elites and um, uh, all the all the good things that they've been doing uh, behind the scenes there, mm-hmm. um, you could you could just read their minds. They were like, "Please don't let this be a setup for a joke about me. Please don't let this be a setup for a joke about me." No, no, no. Okay, good. He went to somebody else. 
Ooh, they were definitely <laughs> sweating. <laughs> so good. It's not exactly what we were talking about, but uh, there's there's a portion of it. Yeah, well, we have three clips. Uh, these are all. This is kind of the uh, big highlights of the of the opening monologue. Mm-hmm. Amazing though that uh, that he's able to do this, and and he set it up first by mocking himself, which was good, and should have set the tone that okay, let's not take this. All of us take this stuff so seriously that we can't just you know have some fun. And so he proceeded to have some fun. Uh, here he was talking about Hollywood not being diverse enough. It's awesome. I mean, he he's just eviscerating yep. these elites who just think that they're above any kind of joke being told about them. It was such a oh, cathartic thing. Oh, it's, and it's interesting because I, right before... Uh, Right before the weekend, I was reading some <clears throat> article about him hosting this for the fifth time, and he and and he said, "Look, I I'm doing this not for the you know thousand or fifteen hundred people sitting in front of me. I'm doing this for the eighteen million people at home." <laughs> and he actually did that. Sure did. He actually did it for us. And this part, you are absolutely going to love. This is going to make you. Whatever you thought of Ricky Gervais before this, you're going to love him now. All right? That, I mean, at the very end, they cut off and, and F off. Okay? So come up, accept your award, thank your agent and your God, and F off. Okay? <laughs> and then leave. <laughs> I love it. And Tom Hanks uh-huh. is again. Uh, look at that. Okay. Yeah. He, how dare you? How, how dare, dare you? you? First of all, say that about Greta Thunberg, and then say any of that about the rest of us. Everybody cares about our opinions. Oh, my. How dare you say that people don't care about our opinions, and we don't know what's going on. Wow. To challenge the elites like that, right in the midst of them? That's a pr- now, that is a courageous monologue. Yeah, and they're on their night. On their night. On their night. And yep. you use the absolute... Perfect word. They were eviscerated. Oh, man. Oh, it felt so oh, good. Geez. He gutted them. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. No. I mean, you see people <clears throat> joke about the movie or whatever, and it wasn't very good, or an acting performance. You never see them kick them where they live, and they were kicked right where they live. Now, what's the defense to any of that? There isn't. There isn't any. <laughs> there isn't any. He destroyed them. Oh, so great. Their defense is... How dare you say that about us? Uh, we're we're just we're all patriots here, and we have every right to, to pontificate to the little people uh, across America. Or they might go with the "There's a time and place to have this conversation," and it wasn't there, Ricky. Uh, no, it, he told them that that's the case. There is a time and place to have that discussion and it's not there. And that's what they do all the time. That's my point. Every yeah. single time. And they went ahead and did it anyway. I mean, I, I, I didn't watch it, but I read where, you know, many of them got political. So they didn't listen to him. But uh, that sure felt good. I mean, that made me a Ricky Gervais fan. And I used to say Gervais, but it sounds like he introduced himself as Gervais. He doesn't know how to pronounce his own name. So I, I was just assuming maybe he did. Uh, but uh, just a killer night. Just a a crazy good monologue.
to open up the Golden Globes. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and it Pat unleashed on Twitter. Um, of course, uh, none of this matters if we're all destroyed now by Iran. Um, Rose McGowan is a little bit worried that Iran is going to kill us, uh, and I guess kill us all. It's amazing how many of these hypocrites, these Hollywood elites, virtually side with Iran uh, in this particular situation. Rose McGowan actually said, uh, Dear Iran, the USA has disrespected your country, your flag, your people. 52% of us, by the way, Rose, you can't speak for 52% of the American people. 52% of us humbly apologize. We want peace with your nation. We're being held hostage by a terrorist regime. We do not know how to escape. Please don't kill us. <laughs> uh, yeah, you do know how to escape. Pack your bags and get out. She's got the means. And go live in Iran where it's, you know, they're wonderful. Talk about a, host- a terrorist regime and people being held hostage by it. That's the very definition of Iran. Go live there and, you know, try out all of your lifestyle tactics in Iran. Uh, See how wonderfully they receive your lifestyle there. I think you'll find uh, it won't be that wonderful. It's just so stupid. Which, by the way, people on Twitter pointed out to her. People like you would be dead, would be murdered in Iran. Um, Maybe you should... Reconsider um, some of the reactions. For instance, uh, this has to be the most un-American tweet ever. The man organized the killing of over 600 of our troops. He has murdered thousands of his own people and tens of thousands of Kurds and others. You're a horrible person. Uh, Dear Rose, you just spit on the graves of soldiers, my brothers in arms that never made it home. You put politics before your countrymen, and you have no, no loyalty to the country you call home. You're a disgrace to this country, and you don't deserve to be a citizen. Dear Rose, open your eyes. Iran has been killing innocent people like you for decades. Go to Iran if you choose. Look at others who have. They've been detained, tortured, and killed. They're killing thousands of their own right now. Grow up. See reality, please. And on and on uh, in that same manner, which caused her to finally say, Okay, okay, I was just scared, all right? Something to that effect. Yeah, after she said she didn't side with America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she said, uh, I do not side with Iran, but I most definitely do not side with the USA. Mm-hmm. And why don't, you, why don't you get out? Why don't you stop enjoying everything this country has to offer? Uh, after she's, you know, sucked all the marrow out of America that she wants, now she's spitting all over it. Unbelievable. Really unbelievable. Uh, 888-900-3393. Also, Colin Kaepernick had a little tweet. Um, He had to sound off. There's nothing new about American terrorist attacks against black and brown people for the expansion of American imperialism. There's another guy uh, who can also get out. Get out. If it is so bad here, go find a better place where you can you know, make $20 million a year for doing absolutely nothing from Nike, where you can get $20 million a year from the NFL, even though they didn't do anything wrong to you. Uh, see if you can find that somewhere else. 
Some of the responses to Kaepernick were, uh, so stopping actual terrorism from people who want Americans dead is racist? And the Americans you try to sell shoes to are the real terrorists? Okay, got it. Oh, yeah, wasn't he uh, on Twitter just talking about how um, we're imperialist? Uh, yeah, the brown, black and brown black people. Black and brown people, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's uh, that's that's good because a, a lot of facts came back at him about uh, some of the things Obama did. Uh, uh, he dropped many more bombs uh, on Iraq than Trump has. Oh yeah, yes. Uh, but everything that guy did was wonderful to them. And it didn't matter what what Obama did. They don't they don't care about that. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let me tell you about uh, keeps because losing your hair really sucks and. You can now get some help on that front because it's been discovered that the cause of most hair loss is a hormone called DHT. The FBA, FDA has approved two hair treatment products that help control your DHT and prevent that hair loss. And it's even triggered hair regrowth in a good percentage of guys. Up until now, these products were really expensive, and you had to go to the doctor and get a prescription, but you don't have to do that anymore. You've heard of Keeps by now, right? Well, Keeps has the generic versions of those two FDA-approved hair products. So not only are they up to 90% effective, they're totally affordable. And we're going to get you half off just to get you interested. So with Keeps, you can keep your hair without even leaving your couch. You answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a licensed doctor then reviews your information and recommends the right hair loss treatment for you. And then it's shipped directly and discreetly to your door. So if you're tired of losing hair, you can now get a free online doctor consult and 50% off your first order. 50% off. Go to keeps.com slash pat. That's keeps. Dot com slash Beware, Pat Gray is unleashed. So at Obama's last year in office, he dropped uh, 26,171 bombs. I mean, not him personally, but he okayed the uh, mm-hmm. dropping of these bombs. Yeah. 12,095 of those fell on Iraq. And uh, what, the rest of Afghanistan and Syria? Gosh, uh, that's all in the Middle East. Seems. 72 a day. That's a lot. Seems high. Mm-hmm. Oof. That's a lot. You know, especially for the guy that was going to bring everybody home was Mr. Peace. I, he, you know, Mr. Peace and love and fellowship. And uh, we were going to get completely out of all of those countries who's going to end every war that we were involved in instead he got us involved in new ones in libya in syria <laughs> just unbelievable uh triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three also speaking of the uh golden globes if you're interested best picture went to 1917 i have not seen that uh but i've heard it's really good yeah i want to see that um so netflix i guess got completely shut out really yeah they had several up for best uh, best picture. One of them was um, The Irishman with De Niro and Al Pacino. And obviously, I got beat up by 1917. Best uh, motion picture, musical, or comedy, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Is that a comedy? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Certainly yeah. not a musical. 
Best performance by an actress in a motion picture? Renee Zellweger and Judy. Uh, best actor went to Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, as everybody expected, I think. What is Judy? I've not heard that. Uh, that's It was about Judy Garland. Oh, oh shoot. Yeah. I thought it was about a listener to this program. No, <laughs> no. Uh, best performance by an actress, musical or comedy? Aquafina in The Farewell. I'm not familiar with Aquafina's work, but okay. Also, best performance by an actor, musical or comedy? Taron Edgerton in uh, Rocket Man. Oh, he's the he's the guy that played Elton John. Mm. Best performance by an actress, supporting uh, supporting actress went to Laura Dern. Supporting actor went to Brad Pitt. Huh. Best director Sam Mendes in 1917. Quentin Tarantino got best screenplay. He's so it still eludes him the best director uh, award. I don't know if he's ever won that. Has he? Maybe. Maybe he has. Um, 888-900-3393. Also at uh, Pat Unleashed on Twitter. So an interesting night for Hollywood as they celebrated themselves, as they <laughs> worshipped themselves. Uh, they had somebody who wasn't quite as reverent in their midst. <laughs> just felt so good. I just absolutely loved it. Um, meanwhile, in the race... For those uh, Hollywood elites to replace uh, Donald Trump in the White House, a trio of Democrats uh, with military backgrounds, all elected since Donald Trump took over, endorsed Joe Biden on Sunday as he seeks uh, to stress his credentials in national security because of everything that's going on right now. Uh, Representatives Connor Connor Lamb, Chrissy Houlihan, uh, both from Pennsylvania, and Elaine Luria, of Virginia are backing uh, Joe Biden now. Meanwhile, Trump won Lamb and Luria's districts in 2016. Um, but it has come to the point where Biden, Sanders, and uh, Buttigieg are all tied for the lead right now in Iowa. So with the caucus, what, three, a little over three weeks away maybe? No, I think it's, uh, what, four weeks from today? Is that where we're at? Because it's on a Monday. It's on February 3rd. So we're on the 6th here. 13, 20, 27. Yes. It's exactly four weeks from today. Wow. Which is strange. Why are they doing it on a Monday? That's that's weird. Anyway, that's when it is. And and these three are all tied up now. Biden was as far behind as fourth at one point. And Buttigieg was pretty far ahead for a while. Well, now they're, they're all tied up. And I think people are just realizing, wait a minute, what what was I thinking with this Buddha judge thing? <laughs> wait a minute. Why why did uh-huh. I why was I in favor of Buddha Judge again? <clears throat> uh maybe I'm not anymore. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not. Maybe this isn't the right way to go. You know, we have the polling numbers showing that um maybe Bloomberg's big push is starting to On the national level, yeah. Yeah, translate uh, yeah. nationally anyway. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Um, in Iowa, it's Sanders, Biden, and Buttigieg all at 23%. Elizabeth Warren at 16%. Then you got a big drop back to Amy Klobuchar at 7 Wow. Yeah. So it's it's not being reflected in Iowa now, this Bloomberg yeah. jump, but it is nationally. He jumped up to third uh, in the national polls. Yeah, I just, third. And again, like, Blows like said, me away. that's national. I mean, yeah. A New York elitist, right? Who tells us how to live? 
I don't see how he's going to do well in Iowa, New Hampshire, you know, which last I checked was technically the live free or die state. Mm-hmm. South Carolina, where else are the early states? Uh, Nevada. Nevada. Okay. So I don't know, man. Good luck. Yeah, I, I it's inconceivable, but he's spending a fortune. Mm-hmm. He's spending a fortune in ads <clears throat> and apparently it's kind of having an effect. Uh, because he's jumped up, I think it was seven percentage points. Yeah, he's up. Uh, we got a graphic. Is that right? Uh, I think he's up to eleven um, percent support. Okay, uh, Biden at uh, twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. You got Bernie at sixteen. Wow, he's way behind. And then you've got uh, Warren and Bloomberg tied at eleven. They're tied for third at eleven percent. Buttigieg is fifth, then at six percent. And then it's just drawn name out of a hat. 2% each for, for the remaining Undecided uh, also rands. 12%. Which is significant because mm-hmm. that could make up the difference between Bernie and, and Biden if he got them all. But, of course, he's not going to. But there it is. I mean, Biden just keeps every once in a while. He'll stumble for a while. And then he rises right back to the top. And then somebody else will jump past him. And then he comes back right to the he's – he's probably going to win this election. I think he's probably going to win the nomination now. I mean, anything can happen between now and then, <clears throat> but I just think the vast majority of Democrats are most comfortable with Biden. They know him. They know who he is. Mm. They know <clears throat> how he legislates because he's he's been there for so long. I mean, he's been in office almost 50 years. He was first elected to the Senate yeah. in 1972. <laughs> in 2022, that's going to be 50 years ago. <laughs> uh, do you want to play this old clip that uh, was making the rounds? Uh, uh, yeah, let me see. So, we have, yeah, we have time for it. Let's uh, let's take a look at uh, Joe Biden in 1972 when he first got elected. Senator Biden, it's nice to have you here as no, the youngest really member of the Senate, the one, therefore, who may expect the longest career there. I wonder if you'd say to us, <laughs> since it's clear that you're not corrupt and you got elected, why should people think that the system produces corrupt results when there you are? Well, I'm not sure you should assume I'm not corrupt, but I'm thank you for that, though. The system does produce Uh corruption, and I think implicit in the system is corruption, when in fact, whether or not you can run for public office, and it costs a great deal of money to run for the United States Senate, even from a small state like Delaware, uh, you have to go to those people who have money, and they always want something. We were told that we politicians, as the young kids say, rip off the American public. I think the American public, in a way, rips off we politicians by forcing us to run the way they do. To raise $300,000 is no mean feat. And unless you happen to be some sort of anomaly, like myself, being a 29-year-old candidate and can attract some attention beyond your own state, it's very difficult to raise that money from a large group of people. I'm a 29-year-old oddball. The only reason I was able to raise the money is I was able to have a national constituency to run for office. Because I was 29, I'm like the token black or the token woman. I was the token young person. I went to the big guys for the money. I was ready to prostitute myself in the the manner in which I talk about it. But what happened was they said, come back when you're 40, son. Wow, that is weird stuff. He, he has been really weird. absolutely arrogant since the beginning. Yeah, from the very beginning. Oh, my god! How many times did he say he's 29 years old? Like and, 12? And he looked 40 and already. <laughs> come back when you're 40. What do you mean? <laughs> Don't I look it? But he was, he was elected at 29. You're not yeah. even... 
old enough to hold office yet. Yeah, yeah. He but I guess by the time he took office, exactly. he was 30, right? Yeah. But I love that, how he's like, well, he's already blaming the American people. Well, yeah. it's your fault. I mean, the system's the way it is because you. <laughs> but yet he has maintained <laughs> this 50-year career in D.C. Just absolutely Ugh. incredible. All right, 888 More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray is here. On the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Where Kool-Aid with a C tweets. It's another Monday fun day. Let's start off with Pat Keith. And by the way, Happy New Year, Pat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year. I'm yeah. Glad, glad to see that continuing. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the pedophile government. Oh, that's nice. We're hearing from, from them <laughs> kidnapping the kids, I guess, at the airport, right? Uh-huh. Uh, the hilarious thing about Gervais, the Gervais monologue, is he agrees with everyone in that room on most issues. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's true. He's just self aware enough to know that most people don't care what he thinks or any of the rest of those douchebags. <laughs> Unleash the morons. The only folks that care one iota what the Hollywood buttheads think are the numbskulls you see on the campus reform videos who tell you. Who's doing who in Hollywood, but can't tell you who the vice president is. Mm-hmm. So true. <sighs> and from Kentucky, Pathead, uh, did Keith just rattle off multiples of seven? Yeah. Yeah, I'm proud of myself. Thank Sounds you. like someone's been studying up on his math skills. Either that, or he's some kind of rain man when it comes to figuring up the the time to the Iowa conference. Now, I, 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 <clears throat> I am a little bit like rain man, yes. But no, it's just mm-hmm. because it's football. That, that's why, you know... You oh, yeah, the sevens. Up. Yeah, that's the only way. <laughs> you know, it's 7, and 14, 21, quickly. 28, 35, 42, mm-hmm. 49, 56, 63. Because that's, you know, if you're exactly right. That's how I learned my <laughs> sevens. <laughs> that's exactly... And that's true. Mm-hmm. That's how I learned my sevens. Long before, uh, I think... I started learning sevens in first or second grade, whatever that. But now, yeah, if you're a Falcons <laughs> fan, you you learn by threes. Yeah, three, six, nine, twelve, zero. You get shut zero, out of the red zone. Zero, yeah, zero, zero. You learn zero. Your <laughs> by zero. They actually came on pretty strong at the end of the year. They were what six and two? Yeah, six and in two. Finished after a one and seven start. Uh, too yeah. bad. Too bad that it took them too long to kick into gear. Yeah, and now everyone's a free agent. So, so I was completely. Could I have been more wrong on the on the Patriots situation? I really thought. <laughs> I mean, it's the Patriots. They always come through when it counts. They have looked uh, less than invincible this football season. Yeah, they were not. And uh, and Brady didn't have that great a game. You know, usually you can count on him to mount a comeback. And if he gets the ball anywhere near the end, he's gonna. Take it the length of the field and score. And he got the ball at the end of that game. And he couldn't and do it. Threw an interception that was taken yeah. back for a touchdown. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> really bad. And so, yeah. I don't know. Is the Patriot dynasty finally over once and for all? He's a free agent now, an unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. So he can go anywhere he wants. Uh, and he said it's very unlikely that he'll retire this year. Yeah. So he's gonna. He's what forty three now, or he's going to be forty three next season. I think. I think he's 42, and he's he's uh, going to be 43 next year Yeah, if he plays again. Turns 43 in August. I mean, we're getting into George Blanda territory here. Remember him? <laughs> yes. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know that I remember him necessarily. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Patriots gone. They're out. Yeah. Uh, uh, Titans beat him by, well, it would have been one point. I think they wound up winning by eight. 20 uh, to 13. 20, okay. They took, the, they took it back. Yeah. 
didn't do the two. And it's uh, so Titans move on. Yeah, Patriots so, are done for the year. Yeah, so um, so Saturday you're going to have the Texans, which won an incredible game. That, that was, game against the Bills, which by the way made uh, more trivia wrong. Was made again. more trivia wrong. But I'm sitting there thinking this this is the greatest playoff game that I can remember. It was really in a good. Very long time. It was bad, but it was so competitive. It was. And uh, so the Texans move on, and they will play the Chiefs Saturday. Uh, Bills, by the way, were up sixteen to nothing, and it looked like okay, more trivia is going to be right. Nope. No, it wasn't. Hey, the people at Gonzo's there, the uh, best little dump on the canal. <laughs> little little bummed. Yeah, we were all a little yeah. sad when yeah. we went to that. Uh, so the Titans will move on, and, and they will play um, the Ravens. Um, so that's uh, so that ends their season. Yeah, um, and uh, most likely, but mm-hmm. I think it'll be very competitive. Uh, so what do we got? We had uh, the NFC. We had the Vikings um, crush the souls of the Saints uh, yet Jeez. again, who lose on the last play of the game. They've lost their last six playoff so games by bad. one score. They've lost their last three on the last play. Yeah. And everybody, including this Falcons fan, says, yes, they got absolutely hosed in the NFC Championship game last year against the Rams. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you've got the Vikings moving on to play at San Francisco. Yeah. And then the and other then NFC game Seattle, will be Seattle. Who at, beat the Eagles. Mm-hmm, Seattle will go we'll play to Green Bay. Green Bay, which will be our more on trivia game. We're still doing more on trivia? We sure? Yeah. We're mm-hmm. going to do that? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're 7-9. and nine. But we can now. Our goal isn't to run the table in the playoffs. It's just to finish above five hundred at this point. <laughs> we'll be lucky to do that. Yeah, we got to go three and zero here. Uh, all right. So uh, my Packers still in it because they didn't play this weekend. Um, uh, I'm a little nervous because I, you know, uh, I, they didn't seem all that good to me this year. But turned out to be thirteen and three on the season, which seems pretty good. Paper Tiger. Yeah, that's, that's but what I but fear. look, you're we'll playing a, a very beatable team. Yeah, Seattle is very yeah, beatable. I think so too. I think so too. Yeah. And yesterday, uh, Taysom Hill had just an <laughs> unbelievable game for so my fun. former BYU Cougar. I he, love watching him play. He's amazing, isn't he? Oh, oh! They couldn't stop him, no matter what he did. It, he, yeah, he led the, he led the team in rushing. Mm-hmm. He only had four attempts for fifty yards. <laughs> he uh, had a fifty-yard bomb mm-hmm. completion. Set him up for a touchdown. He uh, he made a tackle on special teams. He scored a touchdown, a, a receiving touchdown. Yep. He caught two passes, rushed four times, threw that 50-yard pass that got him down to the two-yard line. He had that uh, run that made it look like he was a video uh, he, game character. Crazy. And then the very next play, Drew Brees fumbles it away. <laughs> Seriously, it's Taysom really Hill, something. that play where he ran and, and busted through those tacklers. It was just superhuman. It's crazy. The way he was playing yesterday, I'm not sure. In the second half, I might have left him in and say, Drew, we're just we're resting your 40 year old bones, man. Just sit down and rest right. and, and, and watch that, this guy for a while. And, and we talk about all these great plays that Taysom Hill <clears throat> made. Correct me if I'm wrong, and, and I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. He was in there to block. Uh, yes. for the punter. Yes, like he was between you know yes. whatever that position's called. And he actually. He actually made a first down on a fake punt, uh-huh. and it was nullified, I think, by a penalty. Okay, okay. Something. I yeah. missed that one then. And he was the lead blocker on the touchdown after he threw, threw the 50-yard bomb. <laughs> it's like it was, he a, was unstoppable You know yesterday. what he is? He's a cheat code. He is yeah, a cheat he is. code. Yes. He can do anything. Yeah. 
<laughs> I love he just watching. boosted all his power and speed up to 99 uh-huh. on, uh, in every single ability. I love watching him play. I he's, really do. He's really good. <laughs> he's really good. And, you know, he's he's got an arm like like crazy. He threw that thing 55 yards in the air. But, I, you know, when he was healthy at BYU, I'd seen him throw the ball 75 yards in the air. That guy can – he's just – I mean, he could bench. He can bench press with offensive linemen, mm. and uh, and then he has the speed. He's got four four speed. So wait, I, wait, wait, wait. He's really, not the guy that threw the hail mary against Nebraska, is he? He is not. Okay, no, he's not. Who did that? That was Tanner Mangum. Tanner Mangum. Mm-hmm. What's he doing these days? Uh, I think cool in his heels. Uh, oh. He's doing a little commentary on BYU TV. Okay, that's where <laughs> they end up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So, I, I don't know. I heard he was trying out for the XFL. I don't know if he made the team because I haven't heard much. Oh, that'll then. keep him busy for about two, maybe three weeks. Right, until the league folds. And then <laughs> he'll have to go back to BYU TV. Uh, all right, 888-900-3393. Also, uh, at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Speaking of uh, football, do we have a – I think we have a little video of Tom Brady. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. This is probably why he's maybe near the end of his career. There's some footage from the game. There he is. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's, he's not uh, quite as fast as he once yeah, was. Yeah, but he's still got moves. Look. Yeah, he I does. Mean, if, you Look got, at him. if you got blockers, you can do pretty much anything in the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> there is Brady. And um, he still outran everybody yeah, in the end that. zone. And then, so, uh, unfortunately, after sir. that score, his team let him down and the Titans went on to win. <laughs> <laughs> That's about how fast Brady actually is. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever said that to me, thank you very much. It's I think really it was funny. Monique. I don't know. I appreciate it. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, like he's you know like forty two years old is yeah. That's not that funny time. making making age jokes about no, people that are younger than not. me. Yeah, it's not that funny. <laughs> and it's not that funny when they're quite a bit younger than you. Uh, <laughs> so you know, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess he put his house up for sale in Massachusetts, and now they've lowered the price. It seems like they really want to sell their house in Massachusetts. What I don't understand in all this Tom Brady stuff is why am I not hearing the talk of the the Patriots wanting to bring him back? It's not like they have a a Jimmy G waiting in the wings. They got nobody. So that's what I don't understand is they're not even talking about re-signing him? I don't know. I saw he would give him a hometown discount. But I'm just—I don't know. It's just so weird. It seems like this foregone conclusion that he's—if he's, he's going to stay in the NFL, he's not going to be with the Patriots. It's just weird. It's not like there's a heir apparent just sitting there waiting. I don't know. Unless they're really confident in—is it Jarrett Stidham? Is it you know the guy from Auburn? I seriously have no I, idea. I think, at all. I think he's his backup right now. Uh, maybe they think he's ready. I don't know. I—that's—that's pretty tough to replace a guy like Tom Brady, and they're going to have some tough times and, when Brady leaves. And who would want that job? I don't know. The replacement for a legend. Yeah, nobody wants that job. Mm. You shouldn't anyway, because uh, everybody's going to hate you, <laughs> unless you are spectacular right from the beginning. Oh, oh, wait, if that Jarrett kid doesn't work out, uh, third stringer Cody Kessler. Oh, well, then they're done. I oh, mean, you're good. Okay, I didn't know Patriots, they Patriots, had... you are so good now. Cody Kessler you got Cody as well. Kessler to... Take the ring. There's even talk the that range. Belichick might not be there next year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, some people are. I know that uh, on sports talk radio in in Dallas here, all the local guys keep bringing up Bill Belichick as the possible re- replacement for Jason Garrett, uh, which I just don't see happening. But they're they're trying to make they're trying to find a scenario 
where Bill Belichick ends up coaching the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that would be amazing. By the way, yesterday, <laughs> finally. the Cowboys finally made it official. Yeah. They're moving on past their coach. Yeah, they were waiting for so halftime of the Eagles playoff game. Not weird. The game the Cowboys would have been in had they not choked away the division. I think that's why they were. Because it was so weird. It was just like... Um, that uh, Jason Garrett was lobbying for his job, and they keep having these meetings, and the press shows mm-hmm. up, and then they go home without information, and it was just yeah. like, what are you do? What's going on? At some point, you're just going to have to change the locks over at the Cowboys uh, headquarters because Jason Garrett's going to keep showing up. But uh, no, they finally uh, pulled the trigger. They finally so, did it. Yeah. yeah, which is weird on a Sunday during <laughs> the playoffs. That's when you make the announcement. Yeah. I, maybe they wanted to bury it. I don't know. I think they wanted to make a point that they announced it where they should have been playing. But how weird was that? They kept interviewing these candidates. Yeah. And and Jason Garrett keeps going to work. And it's like, that's got to be a little awkward. I would think so. Yeah. Because <laughs> I guess they've already talked to Mike McCarthy <laughs> and somebody else. Marvin uh, Lewis. Marvin Lewis. What are they? What? Are, that has got to be... Marvin Lewis so from you, the Bengals? You want to you go from mediocre to mediocre. Okay. Or less than less mediocre. Than, less than, yeah. Jeez. I'd, uh, I'd keep Garrett before I I hired Marvin Lewis. Totally. Totally agree. And supposedly the college coaches are out. He wants an experienced NFL coach. So the Urban Meyer talk that we've heard from some circles is apparently not going to happen, uh, which I think would be... I mean, I don't know how you lose with Urban Meyer if he wants to come back. Uh, that would be my hire. But what do I know? That's why I'm not uh, an owner in the NFL. There's probably several billion reasons why you're not an owner in the NFL. <laughs> but we'll just leave that there. Really? You think there's others? Nah, I just... No? Really? Nah, I, huh. I, uh, huh. <laughs> I misspoke. Sorry. I think you did. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a little presumptuous of you. Because mm-hmm. I, I think there's only one one reason. Oh, 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 just, uh, have we talked mm. about that I owe everybody lunch? Have we recapped Oh, that? I don't think we did. Okay, well, anyhow, because the Patriots lost to the Dolphins, mm. instead of Jeffy and I splitting lunch for everyone, me, you, <coughs> Stu, mm-hmm. Jeffy, um, I finished in last place. And so, oh, um, congratulations. So where are we going to eat? Where do you want to go eat for lunch? Uh, I don't know, Capitol Grill? What do you think of that? I don't like that one. <laughs> Perry's? Um, I mean, I'd settle for Perry's Steakhouse. Shoot, Stu's a vegetarian, yeah. so that's just not. Nah, they got work. some veggie. Uh, I don't think they do. They're all out of vegetables. No, they do. They got some veggie deals. Straight up meat. <laughs> so anyway, we'll. Figure I don't know. Out. We'll figure that out. But yeah, so you are the loser once again. Uh, how many times is that for you? Do you know? It's not that many. I have a list somewhere. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll check into that because <laughs> the question will arise. I'm sure. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, by the way, voting hasn't even started in the 2020 election, and already <clears throat> Republican voters are talking about who they'd like to see as their party's nominee in 2024. And that's, I don't know, maybe this doesn't surprise some, but it, it does come as a surprise a little bit to me. Um, Mike Pence is the lead candidate so mm. far, 40% support, which, you know, that would not be terrible. Mike Pence would not be a terrible candidate. I don't know that he wins, but as far as his policies and Is uh, he going history, to uh, electrify the moderates? Yeah, I don't in, know that he will. In the world. I don't know that he will. Country. But number two is Donald Trump Jr., 
at 29% support. No. Donald Trump Jr. Wait, who's this a poll of? Uh, Republicans. And voters and independents who lean Republican. So GOP voters and independents who leaned Republican are going Mike Pence at 40%, Donald Trump Jr. at 29%. Now, I, I can't go there with you on Donald Trump Jr. Honest question. Do you think the people that maybe <clears throat> half or some percentage just didn't see the junior? I hope. Seriously. maybe I, it's I just... don't know. He is not a favorite of mine, but I, I guess people love him, and he does well on the Fox appearances and you know people are seeing him on fox and i guess loving him i'm flabbergasted you haven't said one name yet and i hope it's coming up right now at third nikki haley thank you why wasn't that, that the one? top of the list yeah 26 yes. percent. so she's third right behind uh, don jr <laughs> donald trump jr leads nikki haley so far that's whatever that's... and then and then right after her <clears throat> ivanka trump ivanka trump at 16 percent. now she's a Democrat. She's a liberal. Yeah. Just the Trump name is not, it shouldn't be enough to just say blindly. Yeah, Ivanka. Uh, yes. Are, are voters just yeah, come assuming on. that these are just people that Trump, Donald Trump, the president, could mm-hmm. just channel his views through? I, is maybe, that what they're seeing? I don't know. Just it's... It's this Trump phenomenon where he can do no wrong. His family can do no wrong. It doesn't matter their policies. It doesn't matter where they've been in the past. It doesn't matter where they want to go in the future. We just love them uh, for whatever reason. So that's the top four. Coming in fifth is Marco Rubio at 15%, right behind right behind Ivanka Trump. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> little Man. Marco probably never little thought Marco. any time in his <laughs> life he would have to say, Oh, I'm behind Ivanka Trump in a right, poll. Right. <laughs> then you got Mike Pompeo. Which I now again, you have to remember none of these people have even announced their intention to run for president in 2024. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a fun poll at this point, but it's really not even that fun it's not right fun now. At all. To tell this, you the truth, this is rough. It's not that fun. <laughs> uh, Governor Abbott. They're mm. talking about Abbott. Uh, Greg Abbott of Texas, of course. Thirteen percent. Then you got Rick Scott at eight. Okay, I'm still... Ron DeSantis at eight. Oh, is he the guy that built that little wall with his kid and yes, blocks and stuff? Yes, and, oh, it was gosh. adorable. Remember okay. that? And... There's still two names missing that I am stunned are not on this list. Uh, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott at seven, and then uh, that's that's as far as it goes. Really? There's yeah, no who, Ted Cruz. No on Ted this Cruz list? on this list, and there's no Ben Sass. Nope. Nope. Now I did. I kind of don't expect to see Cruz because I think he's blown his opportunity. Uh, I think, I think maybe his time has passed him by, kind of like Rick Santorum. You think so? Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. As for Sass, his time should come, and it should be twenty twenty four. And it should not be under the GOP banner. <laughs> oh, not not if this is any no. indication of who the GOP is all about. Uh, this is not good. This is. I mean, Don Jr. and Ivanka, seriously. Liberal people, seriously, actually registered Democrats in the past. I, you know, they're probably not now because their dad is a Republican president and they're in the administration, essentially. But um, we got to be a little pickier. (laughs) A little more discerning, you think? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe we need to get a grip on ourselves by 2024. Wow. 888-900-3393. 
Matt Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888 also at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, things ever so slightly tense in the world right now. Just a little. It's a little iffy. Uh, there might be some concern for some issues uh, around the globe. Of course, we've got some footage now uh, of the actual moment when uh, a U.S. drone blew up Qasem Soleimani, and uh, here it is. You see the airport, and then all of a sudden a big flash, and explosion. Mm. Now you can't tell what's blowing up, but uh, that's, that's the very moment right there when we got uh, Soleimani. And here it comes again, I believe. Oh, yep. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that is, you know, that's certainly poking a hornet's nest, and uh, and we'll see where we go from here. But you know, it's it's amazing to watch the Democrats sort of align with Iran during this whole thing. Uh, also, the United States is given <clears throat> Israel the green light. Uh, they we gave him them the green light back in January of uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. So two years ago, <clears throat> we gave Israel the the green light to kill Soleimani, which obviously they, they didn't do. And so it just it led to more American deaths, and he was plotting even more, That's which is why he was in Baghdad. They were planning attacks against American uh, forces. And we had a chance, uh, I guess, to take him out a lot sooner than... than- Last week, huh? In in 2015, uh, apparently Israel was on the verge of assassinating Soleimani near Damascus. But the United States, under Barack Obama, warned the Iranian leadership of the plan, revealing that Israel was closely tracking the Iranian general, thus saving his life back in, in the day. So... The guy who made the most difficult decision in 500 years, or was it 5,000 years, uh, (laughs) to actually okay the strike against Osama bin Laden, uh, said no on the Soleimani. And Soleimani, arguably worse than Osama bin Laden uh, for American forces. So, uh, very strange set of circumstances. So now the U.S. is sending 3,000 troops to the Middle East after the attack because we've got to shore things up now. Uh, about 3,000 are headed there right now. <clears throat> and uh, the news comes just hours after the airstrike. The, uh, our troops are being stationed all through the Middle East right now. We've got paratroopers there. They're sending Marines. Yeah, no doubt they've... Ma- Deployed, uh, Look at the map forces. where we're at. I, I'm sorry, I didn't realize we had this many. Um, and this was Keith math. I will, I will admit. But um, holy, look at the numbers there. Yeah, we've got thirteen thousand in Kuwait. We've got thirteen thousand troops in Kuwait. Mm-hmm. Why? We have seven thousand in Bahrain, United Arab Emirates. We've got five thousand troops there. We're about seventy thousand in the region. Wow. Yeah. Who knew? Right. Yeah, I, yeah, 3,000 in Saudi Arabia, 606 in Oman, 
3,000 in Jordan. I had no idea. Jordan? <laughs> what a specific number for Oman. Yeah, it's 606. Everywhere else, yeah. it's uh, 6,000, 13,000, 7,000. Okay. We've got 500 troops in Turkey. We still have 6,000 in Iraq and 14,000 in Afghanistan. No, we've got 3,500 in Turkey. Um, oh, 3,500, right. Okay, there. yeah. But, uh, yeah. 800 um, in Syria still, which I thought we pulled out of. Mm-hmm. So we still have troops all throughout the region, and you counted up 70,000? Yeah, roughly 70,000. That's a big number, if you ask me. It is. It's a big number. I don't care for that. And I'm guessing most Americans, like, I didn't I didn't know we had troops in UAE. Why? Oman? I, did, I didn't know that either. And then, what, we got something uh, going on with the Iraqi parliament, right? They're... Yeah, they've asked us to leave. They, they want us to go. Uh, they voted for American troops to get out. Bye. Yeah, I'd love to say. Okay, See good. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs> hey, and, and by the way, you're welcome. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I mean, what a kick in the teeth. What a stab in the back after, you know, all the all the money and blood we've poured into that country. And as somebody rightfully pointed out on Twitter over the weekend, well, we better go before they change their mind. Let's get out. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're on your own. Bye-bye. It is time, actually. It's time to leave. It just pisses me off that uh, they're such ingrates that they, they're telling us to leave the country now. Um, and I I think it's, it is way past time to leave that stupid country. So, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's, uh, let's, let's give them what they want. And then you're on your own. Good luck. Don't come crying back to us when uh, ISIS takes over or Iran commandeers your government or yeah. whatever. Well, plan better. Jeez, it's, it's not going to be good when we leave. And I don't think it's going to lead to stability for the Iraqi citizens when we leave. Uh, but apparently they don't care and, and the parliament wants us out. Okay. Bye-bye. You know, this is the perfect time. I mean, Trump has talked about the fact that we need to end these endless wars. And so this would be a great time to do that, except for the fact that we've got this uh, Iranian thing brewing now. So it's going to be ever more difficult uh, to leave that region. Uh, 888-933-93, also at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. We played that Joe Biden clip from 1972 for you. Uh, But... We also have uh, Biden, who was back in 1996. He called, oh yeah, so the uranium bombing an act of war yeah. and called for a tough response. So, so this is where this is where they attacked the Kobar towers in Saudi Arabia, killing the Marines at the barracks there, right? Right, 19 of them. Mm-hmm. 19 Americans were killed. So very similar circumstances. In fact, Soleimani may have been um, part involved of in that. that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, here's what. Uh, Biden said at the time, back in 1996. Do you believe that Iran is behind this? Well, I, I, I don't know, but the fact is, it looks, like they it looks like there's... So you want to know what like they, they do? May it's an act of war if they And they yield their sovereignty to do. Wiretaps won't change that. An act of war? It's an act of war. And so the United States does what? It could take whatever action it deems appropriate. A disproportionate response is what is needed. If we find out they did that, we're going to have to get tough. Bomb to Iran? We're going to have to get tough. Senator Hill, Senator Biden, thank you both Thank you. So Hatch and Biden were on the same page there, it sounded like, right? Yes, it did. It sounded like they were on the very same page. Well, 
Is he on the same page now? No, it's like throwing TNT. It's like throwing dynamite into a tinderbox. Okay. Uh, what's the difference between now and 1996? Well, the difference is uh, we had a Democrat president then that he agreed with, and now he has to disagree with everything this president does. <clears throat> that's it. I, as far as I can tell. That's the only. It's all about politics. They don't actually care about the country. They care about the what happens to their political party. It's really despicable. Uh, also, here's Joe Biden on the uh, Bin Laden order we were just talking about. If you were ever handed a piece of intelligence that said you can stop an imminent attack on Americans, but you have to use an airstrike to take out a terror leader, would you would you pull the trigger? Well, we did. The guy's name was Osama right. Bin Laden. And Thank weren't you? Did you, you, you tell President Obama not to go after no, Bin Laden that day? I didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't. President. He went around the table, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the senior people, including the, the chiefs of staff, uh-huh. and he said, I have to make the decision. What is your opinion? Mr. President, my suggestion is don't go. Uh, oh, no, no, you didn't say that. Well, yes, you did say that because there, there it is. But no, <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I didn't. <laughs> I mean, even it's so bad CNN is, is uh, having a tough time keeping up with which story Joe Biden's going with. That's... It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And yep. yet they get away with this stuff all, all the time. You know, somebody's got to hold their feet to the fire. 888 Also at Pat Unleashed on Twitter from Swank Think. I can't understand how Biden is still in this thing. Not only that, but he's ahead in most polls. <laughs> it's got to be the people are polling... The people they're polling are not actually paying attention. They're just the typical vote-the-party-line voter. No rational person could think he's cognitively capable of being president. (laughs) From Alyssa, the curse of Antonio Brown knows no limits. It got all the teams he touched. Similar to the curse of Keith Malinak. Okay, right. Okay, so the Steelers are out, the Raiders are out, the Patriots are out. He also tried out for the Saints. They're out. (laughs) There you go. Curse of Antonio Brown. Isn't it amazing that he and Des Bryant are not employed in the NFL right now? That's just, that's incredible. I think they've got a stronger case, frankly, than uh, Colin Kaepernick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The pedophile government tweets, I don't want to see another family dynasty. I like Trump Jr. a lot, but no. It should be Nikki Haley or Dan Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw would definitely be Mm -hmm. a good one. Crenshaw's a good one. Mm -hmm. I like Ben Sass, too, but uh, Trump supporters aren't going to like him. Mm -mm. Um, and I'm just not a fan of Trump Jr. Amer- uh, Appalachian American. Keith, take all that money you saved by not having to buy a big TV and treat those guys to Perry Steakhouse. Thank you. Now, wait a second. Thank no. you. That's a that's a good thought. No, there was no quid pro quo. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Still, you did get a free TV. Oh, okay, a Obama. giant TV. All right, I got this, Barack. At some point, uh huh. You know, you've got enough free TVs. <clears throat> you can afford to take the rest of your friends out to death. The steakhouse. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> no. Chapman Farms 11 tweets, my 2024 dream ticket, uh, Dan Crenshaw, Nikki Haley. Yeah. Either one at the top of the ticket is fine. Yeah, they'd be kind of interchangeable for me, too. I, I like Dan Crenshaw a lot. I yeah. think that he's, he's, he's awesome. Bold. It's just probably too soon for him. I don't know if enough people are familiar with him. Maybe by, by 2024 they will be. I... <sighs> I think the Republican Party is definitely very familiar with him, and I think by the time he would get through the process, the nation would. And mm-hmm. then the nation would go, oh, wait, yeah, that was that guy who was awesome on Saturday Night Live. 
Yeah. Remember? Because he did that. Uh, he was, right. He was very forgiving. Yes, he was. And um, he's, yeah. he's fun. He's, I, I really like him a lot. Yeah, I do too. He's very bold. That was exactly the word that was in my head. Uh, exactly right. He is bold. And uh, he also seems pretty conservative. And it seems like conservative uh, hasn't been a thing for a while. We haven't. It's not a thing we care about anymore. But I, I still do. I still kind of care about conservatism. Many people have just uh, sort of left that by the wayside. It's just a different. It's just a different time now uh, for Republicans. It's you don't have to be conservative. You just have to be for Trump, and and that's enough, I guess. And that's why you've got Don Jr., who's number two in the poll, and Ivanka, who's number four. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. And at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Now you've got Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez calling President Donald Trump a monster and accused him of threatening to engage in war crimes for promising to hit Iran with military power if they retaliate over uh, the death of Soleimani. She says, this is a war crime, threatening to target and kill innocent families, women and children, which is what you're doing by targeting cultural sites does not make you a tough guy, she tweeted. It does not make you strategic. It makes you a monster. Ilan Omar also jumped in, calling them war crimes. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez said that Congress has a moral and legal obligation to prevent war with Iran. She, like many of the president's Democrat political opponents, voicing opposition to further escalation with Iran. Uh, they keep saying that he should have come to to Congress. The the president just does have certain leeway to make strikes and to carry out acts without going to Congress first. Because if you did that every single time, then you'd never get anything done like this. You the, the guy would be gone by the time you debate it in Congress. Plus, he'd find out about it from these stupid loudmouth Democrats. <laughs> I mean, it's asinine to believe that he should go, should have gone to Congress and said, hey, can I do a strike on on Qasem uh, Soleimani? Is it, would, would it be okay with, with you guys? That's not what Obama did. No. Obama certainly didn't do that, and they didn't demand that of him. Well, and they... Oh, I thought you were going to talk about uh, when Israel had him in their sights, <laughs> you know, and, and Obama right. goes well, and tells Iran. Yeah, uh, did the opposite there. Yeah. Uh, all right, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Great to have you with us. Thanks for being here. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, in July two thousand nineteen, Jeffrey Epstein, already of course convicted sex offender, was arrested and charged with sex trafficking. On August tenth, found dead in his federal jail cell. At Manhattan's Metropolitan Correctional Center. So, the death was ruled a suicide by hanging by a forensic pathologist who observed the four-hour autopsy on behalf of Epstein's brother Mark. Now tells 60 Minutes, the evidence released so far points more to murder than suicide in his view. The guy who ruled it suicide is now telling 60 Minutes, yeah, it looks more like murder than suicide. Really? Hmm. Okay. All the plot thickens. Yeah, I thought this was all conspiratorial (laughs) crap. Uh Uh-huh. 
He said there were fractures of the left, the right thyroid cartilage, and the left hyoid hyoid bone. Oh, you know that bone. Yeah, yeah. That, that you know one, the hyoid it's the, bone. It's the bone that's in, it's the one we talk about all the time. It's in that area, it's of that the bone, neck, the, the left part. Ish. Yeah, the leftish part of the neck. <laughs> he said, "I've never seen fractures like this in a suicidal hanging." <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, huh? Did you not really pay attention the first right. time around, or you just? Did you have like a template, like uh, autopsy form that you just kind of checked off some boxes and sent it on through? Going over a thousand jail hangings, suicides in the New York City state prisons over the past 40 to 50 years. Get this. Okay, so a thousand jail hangings, all of them suicides. In 40 to 50 years, no one had these three fractures, he said. No one. Well, he's an innovator. You know? <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein is a new way to kill yourself. Yeah, right. Right. You know, with that left thyroid bone that we talk about ish so often. Yeah, and then the leftish side of, of the neck ish. Medical examiner's office said it stands firmly behind its findings of suicide by hanging, arguing that fractures of that hyoid bone and cartilage can be seen in both suicides and homicides. Still, questions linger. And again, this was all in 60 Minutes. Mm. So, you know, call them conspiratorial, if you will. Epstein was directing money to be deposited in other inmates' commissary accounts in exchange for protection, sources say. Wow. Because he feared for his life. But the government says Epstein uh, was suicidal, and made his first failed suicide attempt weeks before he arrived at uh, at the MCC. Now, he always claimed it was somebody who attacked him. Mm-hmm. So why don't we believe that? <laughs> why don't we And by the way, was the were the video recordings working at that particular time? Cuz that should be easy to prove, right? If if there's video that was trained on his cell as we are led to believe, then look it up and see if somebody attacked him. According to a federal indictment, on July 23rd, Epstein was found on the floor of his cell with a strip of bedsheet around his neck. Government said it was a failed suicide attempt. Epstein claimed his cellmate, 52-year-old former police officer Nick Tartaglione, attacked him. Tartaglione, uh, who is accused of murdering four men, denied that his lawyer... Denied denied that he attacked uh, Epstein, and his lawyer says absolutely nothing like that happened. Why would you believe a guy who's killed four men uh, attacked Epstein? Why would you even believe that? It's preposterous to even, it's conspiratorial mm-hmm. to even think. You're just making stuff up now. So Epstein was put on the suicide watch after the incident, but one week later, at the direction of the MCC's psychological staff, he was taken off suicide watch and required to have an assigned cellmate. Cameron Lindsay, a former federal warden and prison consultant, told 60 Minutes this was a monumental failure on all levels. Epstein was moved back to his old unit and assigned a new cellmate. But the night before his death, Epstein's cellmate was released. According to court documents, no new cellmate was assigned before he died, even though he was required to have one. Ah, don't worry about it. This is all conspiracy stuff. Yeah. 
want to hear it. It's not like 60 Minutes <clears throat> has been investigating it or anything like that. <clears throat> right. I mean, call me when <laughs> CBS cares. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so that night, federal prosecutors say Epstein was escorted into a cell by Nova, to- Nova- Tova Noel at approximately 7.49 p.m. Noel and Michael Thomas, the two guards who were working the overnight shift in his unit, allegedly didn't check on him again until shortly after 6.30 the next morning. Unreal. That's almost 12 hours. But you got furniture shopping you got to do. It's been on your to-do list for months. And you're like, oh, so you got to go got online to get this done. Yeah. Yeah. I know I was supposed to check him every 15 minutes, but... And I was busy. It takes all night to check the sports scores, (laughs) as we were told they did. The two guards have been charged with falsifying documents and conspiracy to defraud the federal government. Both have pleaded not guilty. Lindsay told 60 Minutes the guards should have been checking on him, oh, every half hour. I thought it was every 15 minutes, but I guess just every half hour. So from every half hour, they should have checked him 24 times. They checked him zero times. <laughs> look, look, I'm the first person to say math is a difficult uh-huh. venture every time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to fault their, their math difficulties, okay? Okay, all right. So, um, so you're going to say, okay, 24 times and zero. And zero. Is it that much? Is, is it that big a difference? Nah. I mean, look, you struggle with metric conversions. I struggle with simple math. Yeah, okay. So I'm not going to judge these fellows on that. Right. I mean, what is that? That's two dozen times. That's so twice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, I mean, it's hard to break away. Like, if you're really engrossed in, like, a furniture search, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And you've got all the tabs comparing the different couches and the love seats and stuff. Yeah. I mean, you don't even want to take a bathroom break. That's right. Because you might forget exactly where you were on your furniture search. So Uh, why would you go? You never know when your computer is going to crash and you lose all your tabs. You never know. Who knows? You don't know the Wi-Fi spotty in in there, as we've learned with the the camera near his cell. Yes. Hmm. It's my understanding, based on the documents that I examined, the two officers that were working in the special housing unit allegedly falsified the records and did not do any rounds for approximately eight hours. That's a huge, huge deal. I I don't know. It looks more like... Almost 12 hours to me, 11 and a half hours. This is one of the most basic operational aspects of managing a jail or prison. Federal prosecutors say surveillance video makes clear that the guards searched the inter- internet. So they actually did search the internet. I don't know if it was, was it for furniture? It was for furniture. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and appeared to have been asleep on their overnight overtime shift. Yeah, one of them was looking up sports scores all night, and one was looking up furniture. That is amazing. Yeah, and the, the guy, the furniture guy, what I'd like to look wow. at is what uh, was the price range of the furniture he was looking at a few months prior as opposed <laughs> to that night? Was he like, well, all of a sudden we can afford not only the hey, I can couch, do Ethan Allen now. I can do, I can do a yeah, hutch. We're upgrading. We, we're doing patio furniture. Mm-hmm. We're getting the works now. With that money I got from Hillary, yeah. I mean, uh, 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 I found... <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> oh, that money that I earned on this overtime situation, <laughs> I can now go to Ethan Allen's internet oh. website page and look for nice furniture there. It's amazing what you can afford with time and a half. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it? God. <laughs> <laughs>
real, man. Uh, this is it's an amazing uh, story from 60 Minutes and worth yet another look at the whole <laughs> Epstein situation. 888-900-3393. More Pat Grand Leash coming up. Pat Gray is here. I am. It's true. And uh, thank you for being here as well. It's great to have you with us. 888-900-3393. And at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. If you uh, weren't here at the very beginning of the show, we got to play this again for you because... Uh, it's really the feel-good moment of the year so far. And maybe of the decade. Well, for sure of this yeah, decade. Yeah, for sure. Already. Maybe of several decades. It's the, it's, it's the leader in the clubhouse so far. Yes. Uh, Ricky Gervais, who is a comedian, actor. Uh, if you aren't familiar with him, I think you will be after this because... He took on Hollywood last night and and just eviscerated them. Uh, Take a look at this uh, from last night's Golden Globes. Brilliant. That's if that doesn't make you feel good. If that's not the feel good moment of uh, certainly the year, the decade, maybe the last several decades. It just feels so good for somebody to stand there right in Hollywood's face and tell them what a bunch of hypocrites they are. And then nobody cares what you have to think, so just come up here, get your award, do your stupid stuff, and get out. Leave us alone. <laughs> it's really good. Really good. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, And at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. And if you missed it, I mean, I don't, I don't know that anybody cares. But the Golden Globe winner for drama was 1917. Mm-hmm. And the other category, music or comedy, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So there's the big awards. Best TV series, Fleabag, which I've never seen. Uh, best TV series, drama, Succession, which I've never seen. I did see the best television limited series or motion picture made for TV, Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did see that. When am I going to get you caught up on Jack Ryan season two on Amazon? I I do want to see it. I don't I don't know what is keeping me you know holding me back. One thing that I continually I thought about during season two mm-hmm. was this feels like the good old days, the first few seasons of Twenty Four. Wow, that's high praise because that was mm. when Twenty Four was at its best, the first few seasons. Yep, and that's what uh, that's what Jack Ryan season two felt like. That good, huh? Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. I think you'll like it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But I don't want to oversell it. Oh, I think you already have. But I love it <laughs> so you much. Already. It's the greatest it. TV show I've seen this decade. Put it that way. <laughs> okay. okay. And Not- did you watch it this decade, or did <laughs> yeah. you watch it in the last decade? Uh, Most of it was in this decade. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there All we right. go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you watched most of it after January 1st. On January 1st. Okay. Yeah. It's a quite a binge day. Uh, that's a good day to binge, though. Mm-hmm. That's a really good day to binge. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. <clears throat> at the box office over the weekend, again, uh, for the third straight week, obviously, Star Wars was number one. But it's now down to 33739000 So it's brought in $450 million, uh, in the United States. It's up to eight, uh, 914 million globally. 
So it's going to go over a billion uh, pretty soon here, maybe in the next week or so. Jumanji was number two. That's up to $236 million. Little Women is at, uh, in two weeks, $60 million. Then The Grudge, $11 million. Frozen 2 has now become the highest grossing animated movie of all time. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you haven't seen it yet? Huh? I have not seen it. When are you going to go see it? I don't know that I ever will. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, too- my grandkids have already seen it, and so... See, that's where I'm at. My kids have already seen it. One of my kids, you know, it'll be on Disney. Fifty-eight-year-old man sitting in the theater watching Frozen two by himself. That wouldn't. uh, I think that would scare people. That would be (laughs) an interesting juxtaposition for sure. I just can't. I can't see myself doing that. And then you know, and then then you go after you see Mm -hmm. the the morning matinee Mm -hmm. by yourself. Yeah. Then you go over what and have pizza over at Chuck E. Cheese by yourself. Is that? (laughs) I get a full day. Seems like yeah. It seems like that would be pretty <laughs> dinner and a movie appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a pizza at Chuck E. Cheese after watching Frozen Two. And you must insist <laughs> when you go through. You must insist that they stamp you with that you know uh, black light uh, invisible link. <clears throat> yeah. No, no, just in case <laughs> I leave with someone else. No, don't let me. Don't, don't let me don't, do that. Don't let me leave. Don't with let me leave. Else. If you see me leave with anybody else, something's wrong. Okay, I just want you to know that. Run this under the black light. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. President Trump's approval rating has skyrocketed after impeachment and ordering the airstrike that killed Soleimani. Uh, it <laughs> increased sharply. Let's see. According to Real Clear Politics, his average approval rating now stands at forty five point three percent, up from a low forty one point forty one point six percent just two months ago. Since the airstrike uh, that killed Soleimani, his approval rating has risen one percent. I'd expect it to be a little higher than that. Yeah, rating is nearly uh, at a three year high, according to the Washington Examiner. Uh, Trump's approval rating hasn't been this high since February of 2017, two weeks after his inauguration, Huh? when he got up to 46% average approval rating. On the other hand, his disapproval rating stands at 52.3%, down from a high of 58% in December 2017. Hmm. So he's still underwater by, you know, almost about 7 about seven percentage points. But still, uh, it looks better for him than it did before impeachment and it did before this strike. So his popularity up here, obviously not a popular guy in Iran right now where state TV is trying to raise, if they could raise, uh, they're trying to raise $80 million. Did you see this? Oh, yeah, I did, to for assassinate the, him. For a bounty on the president's head. Yeah. Uh, wow. And then now you've got George Lopez saying, we'll do it for half. Oh, Wow. So I'm hoping that the Secret Service has their agenda laid out for today, which includes a visit to Mr. Lopez's home. Um, my goodness. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Had that been said about Barack Obama... You know it. The cries of racists and, and white supremacy and you hate this president because he's black and how dare you even joke about assassinating a president of the United States, you've just inflamed some psycho out there. Mm -hmm. 
But nobody will even talk about no, this with no. George Lopez because he can get away with whatever he wants. Uh, it's unbelievable. I'm really, really quite sick of it. Meanwhile, there's another split in another church over a gay marriage. The United Methodist Church plans to split in two later this year, according to church officials. It's a schism, or as John Kerry would say, <laughs> a <go>. chasm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a chasm that follows years of contention. It's like that chasm I shouted out across uh, in Israel, shouting, That's what I shouted over that chasm. So they've had years of contention over whether the church should end its ban on same-sex marriage and gay clergy. The plan, if approved at the church's worldwide conference in Minneapolis in May, would divide the third largest U.S. Christian denomination into two branches, a traditionalist side opposed to gay marriage and the ordination of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender clergy, and a progressive wing that will allow same-sex marriage and all the clergy. The split would affect the denomination globally, church leaders said. Uh, The United Methodist Church lists more than 13 million members in the United States and... 80 million worldwide. I didn't realize that. 80 million worldwide. And only 13 wow. million of them are in the United are States. Are here, yeah. I, I, I'm mm. shocked. Yeah, that's interesting. Ivan, is there a number people can call and talk about that? Yeah, it's right, right there. Oh, we can, when, when, when can they call? When, Ivan? Never. <laughs> never? They can never call? I said whenever. Oh, whenever. whenever. Oh, okay. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. That's interesting. Uh, this is the third church to have this happen, right? The third Christian church that is split in half because of it. There's the Methodists, mm-hmm. I believe Episcopalians, and who was the other one? Uh, the ELCA, Lutherans. The Lutherans did this too? Yeah. Wow. Aren't you Lutheran? Uh, yeah, but uh, not ELCA. Okay. So... Um, I'm trying to find. Are we sure that uh, the third one? Because you and I were trying to. I'm not positive, out. but I, it seems to me it was. Maybe somebody will correct us, but pretty sure it was the Episcopalians. Uh, yes, some denominations, including the Episcopal Church, oh, <laughs> and certain branches of Judaism. <laughs> so there you go. And there you go. <laughs> we there you just go. read the story. Ta-da! It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It's amazing we could find that out so quickly for you. Yeah. Since, yeah. I don't know, it was in the next paragraph. Um, so you're welcome. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it is it is splitting apart churches. And the thing is, you can't, if you want to be correct, you can't believe it. You you can't believe that uh, you should oppose. Yeah, and that would make sense, Episcopalian, because uh, that's what Pete Buttigieg is. Episcopalian? Try saying that five times fast. Uh, that's what Pete Buttigieg is, uh, Episcopalian, yes. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go down that no, road again. No, But it is interesting. Yeah. And he does use that all the time. Uh, he uses his Episcopalianism or his little brand of Christianity, I, I guess, uh, to speak his brand of, of religion to and, and to lecture others on it, which is fascinating to me. But 
Um, there you go. Yet another split in yet another church. Uh, it's, but what else are you going to do if you can't get if you can't get the clergy or the leadership to agree on uh, what is scripturally based and what isn't? I guess the only the only choice is all right. Well, you guys go your way and and we'll go ours then, right? I mean, what else are you going to do? You going to continue to battle for years and years and be it at odds with your membership over it? I don't know. It might be the best solution. And and that's what uh, at least three denominations have decided to do. Meanwhile, some possible good news. Uh, In this new decade, there's apparently new hope for an Alzheimer's vaccine that is apparently almost ready for human trials. How great would this be? This is my biggest fear. So I love this story. Is there anything more frightening than Alzheimer's? To completely lose who you are and everything you know, I i mean, I, it's like a memory wipe in a sci-fi movie. Yeah, and it's slow motion. Really horrible, really horrible and debilitating and deadly. Uh, and so difficult for the, for the loved ones, for family members. But as modern medicine continues to improve and advance at an increasingly rapid rate, people all over the world are enjoying longer lifespans on average than ever before. Consequently, age-related dementia and Alzheimer's disease are becoming common diagnoses in older people. For example, in the United States alone, Alzheimer's is estimated to affect 5.7 million people. Now it appears help may be on the way soon in the form of a new potential vaccine that has shown success in mice testing. Mm. Hmm. Mm. Researchers from uh, UC Irvine believe that this immunotherapy combination vaccine should be ready for human trials within the next few years. Please please hurry this. Yeah. Uh, the initial version of the vaccine was created by Flinders University professor Nikolai Petrovsky in South Australia. It works by removing brain plaque. Yeah, I've heard about this. And tau protein aggregates, both of which have been extensively linked uh, to the development of Alzheimer's. You know, something else that, that, and I don't know if this is the same thing there, because I don't know much about, the, what are they called? The uh, tau what now? The, uh, and the brain plaque? or The tau it? protein sure. aggregates. Yeah, so mm-hmm. um, I got my hearing tested recently, and the doctor told me that it's important to, you know, if, if you're starting to lose your hearing, to get hearing aids, to seek some sort of um, uh, device uh, to increase that, because apparently um, your brain doesn't get stimulated when you're not hearing stuff. You know, mm-hmm. and bottom line is, if they just go to sleepy sleep, then they think the that plaque that, can build up. I, I don't know about the plaque; it just triggers oh, the, um, the tau protein. Sure, I'm just saying whatever whatever the technical stuff is. Yeah, if you're not hearing, then your brain isn't getting stimulated. Interesting. And then Alzheimer's, they think, mm. is is being triggered in an indirect way through hearing loss. I've never heard that. Well. Maybe I haven't been listening. <laughs> maybe I can't hear very well. Yeah, maybe you need to, maybe you need to seek oh. out some treatment. Oh, golly. So, <laughs> so get your hearing tested uh, so that yeah. uh, you yeah. don't have all a good idea. Now, they don't say what... what How do you spell tau proteins or whatever? T-A-U. Okay, T-A-U. And then protein. And then aggregate. Oh, jeez. Uh, they don't say what the mice did. I mean, how do you... 
How do you test this on mice? Yeah. Hey, you guys get now. Can you uh, can you remember who your mom is? <laughs> I mean, what do you? T- and then they didn't answer. You remember it. where you put your shoes? Yeah. And they were like, I, "Wow, this one doesn't show very promising results." <laughs> Not even talking to us. Hey, mouse, where's your cheese? Go get it. See if you can remember where it is. I think that's how they actually do it. I think they put their cheese in a certain place, and they got to remember how to get back there. What? I, how else would you do? Would you that's test true, memory on yeah. a mouse? I guess. Yeah. Do you know your way through your little mouse maze there? I think that's the way they do it, but they don't say that. Here. What if the What if the mouse just didn't on those occasions I feel know. like taking the trek down there? Like, yeah, right? I'm full. I'm not going anywhere. I'm good. <laughs> that's what we will never know. So <laughs> there's, there's be just a no better way. To way. Tell. Well, that's why the human trials are coming. <laughs> but why does this stuff take so long? Uh, why are we waiting three years? Because there's probably people right now whose families are uh, suffering through that this would be willing horrific to try disease. It. It's like, I'll try it. Let's go. My granddad will try it. Especially when, you know, it's a death sentence, right? I yeah. mean, eventually you're going to die from it. We don't have a cure for it. You're going to get progressively worse. Is there a single human being who has this that wouldn't be willing to try something like Amen. that? Amen. Amen. Let them sign up for it and give it a shot. I mean, you could save who knows how many lives. And then, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or it's, that's a trade-off. You know, I, I'd be willing to take that chance. That's for sure. And I'd certainly direct a loved one to take that chance. Mm-hmm. I know people, you know, a really good friend uh, who had cancer who died of it a couple years ago. And... He was trying to be involved in all kinds of different trials, and he kept getting rejected. And it's like, why? Why does it happen? Because they don't want their test results tainted in case it doesn't work for somebody. So you've got to fit into a certain parameters that they want. If they think you're too far gone. Then forget it. And then their results will show, (laughs) oh, it didn't help this guy. Right, and they don't get the research money. It'll, yep, it'll ruin the percentage. Exactly. Yeah. So it all comes down to money over people, and it's it's, uh, it's really sad. Uh, it'd be nice if we can get past that at some point. It, it'd be really nice. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also uh, at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Finally, they're going to start this uh, trial of Harvey Weinstein. That starts this week. Mm. Um, you know, this guy has gotten away with, I mean, a lot of people say there were consenting adults. A lot of people say he actually raped people. And so it's finally going to come to a trial. But there's still a lot of uh, secretive elements about it. Exactly who is accusing Weinstein of what? We don't know that for sure. Despite the worldwide media coverage... All of that is still unclear. Uh, nearly everything in this case is sealed by a judge, including the names of potential witnesses and their allegations. Yeah, did I not see that some sort of um, payoff was coming <laughs> to avoid a trial? Like, I, I thought he was trying to do that, yeah. 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 Cameras won't be permitted to film the proceedings. Media are allowed in a small gallery. So witnesses and their testimony will almost certainly will become public once the trial begins. But uh, there are apparently some reasons to maintain the confidentiality, both the accusers and for Weinstein. It's such a high-profile case that the judge is going to make an extra effort to keep information from being seen by potential jurors. 
uh, to try to keep a fair trial going. Mm. Um, but all of that, again, starts this week. So that'll be the culmination of a a long time coming. And what, what, where, where is that going to be held? Is that I believe it's LA, in New York. New York? Okay. Yeah, mm. I believe so. Okay. Uh, yeah, Manhattan. Okay. Yeah, definitely happens in, in New York. <clears throat> um, also, the other thing that's going on right now that's pretty frightening are these fires in Australia. Have you have you seen about have you seen this? Have you, you read about this in the paper today? Haven't you seen it? Did you read about this? It's crazy, Jay. Fires, man. Yeah, uh, and I love how the, the left is trying to say global warming, global, global warming, warming. Uh, mm-hmm. completing the fact that uh, arsonists are being sought for a lot of these fires. Yeah, and now that the fires have started, they've become so hot that they're creating their own weather. Yeah, I bet. Creating like hurricane-style winds. It creates thunder and lightning, and then the lightning strikes another dry spot and creates another fire. So, oh, no. Yeah, and so it's just a vicious, vicious circle right now. And, uh, man, it has been, it's really uh, been tough in Australia because of these these catastrophic fires. Here's what I want to know. Remember how we had the volcano, gosh, 30 years ago now, maybe? And the Philippines, and the, the, mm-hmm. the volcano was so big and massive that it uh, affected, we had a cold winter like a really snowy winter that followed in the United States. Yeah, is that smoke going to? Because it's it's mm. you know it's blowing yeah. uh, west to east. I wonder if it's going to affect us the way that I don't did. know. I, mean, I don't know. So we could we could. I'd be like in, to see it cool things off. Yeah, but you talk about how it's uh, it's affecting the weather. They're making its own weather systems. I thought you were mm-hmm. going to say it's going to be affecting our weather here. Um, could be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, it's devastating that stuff. That's Bad. and the images from space alone <laughs> are just horrific. Can't imagine what they're like down on the ground. The fires in New South Wales alone from August 31st emitted 260 million tons of carbon dioxide, nearly half of the country's regular annual greenhouse gas emissions. So, even if it isn't from global warming, they'll say it's creating global warming. Because of all the CO2 it's giving off. Uh, These fires will have an effect on Earth's climate. Uh They're certainly having an effect on the Earth's CO2 concentrations. According to a professor of uh, pyrogeography. I'm sorry? At the University of Tasmania. Who produced, of course, the Tasmanian devil. Um, The forests are so stressed and damaged, they may never recover. Well, that's not true. I mean, forests always recover from forest fires. In fact, it enhances growth afterwards all right uh it's been great we will see you again uh back here tomorrow bright and early for pack grand leaves the tuesday edition see you then pat gray only on the blaze radio network